Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Today's message is called Shifting Perspective. And um, I want you to, I'm preaching out of the Passion Translation and I, I, this, my Bible is King James and uh, Amplified because I always cross-reference like these multiple translations. Make sure it's, you know, sending the message that has been revealed to me. And just the, just the heart for the Lord that our worship team has, e- even the worship team here. And um, we're, we're going to be like spending more time with them just to really understand their heart, and that blesses me. And as they fall more in love with Jesus, and, a, and, and as that love for Jesus comes out in whatever instrument they're playing or their vocal, that blesses me because it blesses the heart of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Ghost. And um, so I'm, I'm a little excited that, you know, if you couldn't tell. So <laughs> John 17, 1 and I'm going to read the whole chapter. really like to keep things in context. Um, you know, not everybody has to do this, but it's just me. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. I've glorified you on earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my father... Restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Father, I have manifested who you really are and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last they know everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave to me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence. And they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, those you have given me. For all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I am about to leave this world. It's Passover week. It's it's leading up to Easter here in the natural. Holy Father, this is before he goes to the cross. I'm about to leave this world to return and be with you, but my disciples will remain here. Holy Father, each one that you have given me, keep them in your name, 
so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I was guarding them and keeping them in your name. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I am returning to you, so Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you, so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. Wait, what? Overflows. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. The unbelieving world hates them because of his message, because of his love. For their allegiance is no longer to this world because I am not of this world. I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth. So make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message, through your message of Jesus Unbelievers will believe, and he's praying for them as well. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them. Jesus lives fully in us, guys, so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them. So that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them, even as I live in them. So many people who have a soft heart when they come in here, they're like, this is the most loving church. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know, so blessed. Um, and then, you know, you hear the ones that slipped through the cracks and they, and they didn't get loved on. And that's just crazy to me. Just the overwhelming majority gets to be loved on by you guys. And you bless my heart, you know, by just... We loved you, and, and you perpetuate that love. You've been deputized, authorized, and you go around and give them a hug and minister the love of Jesus to them. And anybody who ended up slipping through the cracks probably did this. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. 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 
I'm sure somebody in our church probably has, uh, has gone to that person too. But it makes it really hard, you know. Like, please don't make our job that hard. <laughs> We're trying here, okay. <laughs> we want to cover all our bases, but if you're doing that, you're like, you know, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> I'm trying. Please let me love you. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm still whew, in it from this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so ever since um, last Sunday, ever since last Saturday, actually, Pastor Caleb preached, and I was like, whoa, this is, I mean, he was, like, super funny. It was amazing. And then, I mean, he's, he's always amazing. He's always been my favorite preacher, and I, I've always been like, praise God. You know, I don't, no, I don't have to listen to the same message every time. He, like, gets a new one from the Holy Ghost, and I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Whew. So I'm the wife. I have to be here all the time, guys. Come on. <laughs> Apparently, some preachers preach the same message all the time. I'm like, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's not my portion. And then um, I remember when I was traveling evangelist, and people would come up because I was, like, laughing, almost falling off the chair on the front row, which, you know, always happens. Um, <laughs> almost always. And um, they're like, it's so precious that you still laugh at his jokes. I'm like, still? What you talking about? That's all new material. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I've never heard that before. Like, this is, this is real, okay? I'm genuine. <laughs> I can't be fake. I just, no, I can't. I can't. I was saying in first service. You, you know, like, I encountered Jesus, like, in a very real way. I'm sure none of you can tell. Um, but my father is just also, he's a good father, but, and he's a, a minister. Uh, but they always said, you know, I'm, we're not perfect. They told us this, as, you know, and they tell it from the platform. We're not perfect. We're just perfectly submitted, you know. So get it straight. Keep it in context, you know. Uh, shift your focus. Shift your perception. Shift where your eyes are. We look to Jesus. Oh, Pastor Caleb and I, we have the blessing. We have the honor getting to be a carrier of his anointing. And then because we honor it, he gives us more. And, and the same will happen to you. It is an honor. I don't, I don't take it lightly that I get the opportunity to minister Jesus to you. Not once, not ever. There are people who went into ministry, you know, some are called, some are sent, some just bought a microphone and went. No, I'm serious. They bought, they bought a microphone and they were like, well, I can do that. Uh, okay, are you mad? <laughs> I, I grew up in ministry my whole life, so I was making other plans. I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go into the church. I'm just going to be a support. I signed up for like six helps ministries and the, the pastor's wife who led the praise and worship in Colorado I was doing my prerequisites to be a labor and delivery nurse. And she was like, she saw that I put worship on there. So she like had me into audition like that. And I was like, whoa, that's a little fast. Like, don't let me sit here, figure out who I am first. And, um, you know, get to know me a little. I don't know. Maybe she just, it was the spirit of God or something. So I do the audition. She doesn't know me or where I come from, whatever. Um, and she's like, you're in. You're, you're, like, you're on the next Sunday or whatever. Like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> My head kind of spin. But it was fun because, you know, it's like you're actually in there, which I always knew because I studied, but you're in there on your own merits, nobody else's merits. You know, they don't know who you are. So it was a blast. I never wanted to leave. I mean, Colorado was really dry for me. Like, I, 
I had a humidifier, you know, trying to get some of Florida back in my life. But it was beautiful, and I was having the time of my life. And so when God called us out of there to go into ministry, um, PC was like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. We were, we were ministering in the youth to the, like, what age category? It was like middle schoolers. And we're like preaching fire down on the middle schoolers, and they're just like, <laughs> you know, when you're in middle school, I think the older kids would have been like, yay, you know, they gotten over themselves a little at that age. <laughs> Dear Lord, <laughs> where did this lady come from? I've always been like this, folks. <laughs> it's not, this isn't new. Um, and I look in the mirror, I'm like, God, why did you make me so extra? He's like, look at your parents. I'm like, never mind. God, I know I'm a lot to handle, and I apologize. <laughs> I've learned to utilize acting to just be like, don't scare them. <laughs> Try, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Like, in a crowd, it works because it's fun. You can let your energy out in a big way, and, and it's absorbed well. But one-on-one, -on -one, they're like, <laughs> Like, I just... <laughs> I can't have... Usually, I can't have a third latte because... I'm too excited anyways about the goodness of God. <laughs> so we're traveling on the road. <laughs> and the, the church has a coffee bar. And I'm like, I really shouldn't. I've already had two. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I have the third latte. <laughs> And I'm talking to the pastor's wife, and she's so precious. But you know, she she's really she's really tender. It's tough. And so I'm talking to her, and I'm going faster and faster. And then and then this happened. And like in the back of your brain, you're like, could you just stop? Like literally close your mouth and the <laughs> and the the blood's just pumping through my veins and I'm like whoa I've had too much and I'm about to explode like whew, this is why I don't drink energy drinks folks whew. um and the energy comes purely from the Lord don't worry there's days when I'm just like no I'm a mombie don't talk to me. <laughs> a mommy is a mom who's a zombie. I have three kids, y'all, okay? <laughs> like, PK, PC will come home and you'll be like, babe, 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 I want to talk to you. I'm like, no. <laughs> no speaky. Not today. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. I definitely get my moments where I come down off the mountaintop and I'm like, I'm just going to hide in my room right now. This happens. This is how I replenish. Uh, <laughs> back to what I was saying. So I'm talking to the pastor's wife and just way too fast. I felt, I felt like a cartoon character. And in the back of my head, I know what's happening. In the back of your head, you're like, what are you doing? Look at her eyes. They're glazing over. <laughs> You know people's facial expressions. <laughs> and the alarm bells are going off in your head. You've lost her. You've lost her. <laughs> what are you, what are you? 
<laughs> I blame my husband for this and my mom. Guys, where did the boxes of tissues go? My God. Uh, <laughs> help a lady out here. Um, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I have to moderate my extra. <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> We have too much fun, y'all. We have too much fun. <laughs> My dad, he got a train for Tampa. <laughs> for the kids, you know, for the kids. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't have time to organize a larger group of ladies to come with me. So Jess came with me. And I'm driving there on Friday morning. I'm, like, tired, but I'm, like, I'm so excited to ride this train. This is better than a pre-COVID trip to Disney. <laughs> and uh, it was so fun. And I was, like, I don't know why I'm so excited. It's just a little train. But anyway, so uh, then I post it. And somebody is, like, uh, not from our church, but they're, like, I'm sure they were meaning it and fun. But they're, like, take away his keys. He's having way too much fun. I'm like, I know, you know, like, he's, he's driving it all the time. <laughs> I mean, come on. When you get arrested, uh, you had a lockdown in your house for eight weeks because people are issuing death threats. You know, it's time for a little fun. So this is the season we're in, and I'm just rejoicing, and I'm not, you know, I mean, the Bible says you'll be blessed, a hundredfold with persecutions. So even though we're like blessed running over, you know, there's this somebody squeaking in the corner, but you can't hear them anymore because the blessings are just too loud. So I'm praying that that overflows onto you. And really like the things that bless me is when the people in our church get blessed. And you know, that was one of the things because in Colorado, PC was working a job, it was a very specialized job, but he was working up to being like earning $30,000 a month. This was the goal. And when he, when he tried to quit, the boss was like, no, you're too valuable. Because PC, he's very smart and he works very, very hard. Like something about instilled into you when you grow up on a dairy farm, you know. And so he's got skills, mad skills. And, um, <clears throat> and the guy was like, no, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll make you partner. Then um, the guy had brought his kid to the youth group who wasn't saved or anything, but I think he might have actually accepted the Lord. And everybody would treat PC like he was some sort of priest because they would come and pour out all their heart to him, you know. It just happens when you carry the anointing. <clears throat> and so when the guy said, when I finally got on board and God spoke to me audibly to go into ministry, and he made me hear voices of people that were calling my name. And I was like, God, you know, there's a million other people who want this and I don't want this. I know what this means. I lived it already from birth to now. Um, I, I love to see your glory poured out. Obviously, I'm still involved in church. I'm plugged in. I'm involved in ministry. I love to see you change lives. But I don't want <clears throat> to do that particular thing. But the voice of the Lord just came so strongly, put me out, and I couldn't handle it. And my body couldn't handle <laughs> And I was like, you don't need me. And he's like, yes, I do. You've been trained. You've been taught. Things have been poured into you. I need you. And then the voices of the people saying, there's a scripture in the Bible called come before winter. And the, and the voices of people saying come. 
And God said, there are people that will never be reached unless you are activated in your calling, so I need you to be obedient. And um, I, I was broken before the Lord, and PC had been, you know, I'm stubborn in the best way. I really am. PC had been hounding me, and he's like, babe, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And I was like, nope, nope, nopeity nope. That's a giant nope. And I was like, insistent. And he knew enough, like, he needed to have his wife on board because we were going to minister together, whether I held the mic or not. We were going to be ministry together. And when people tell me, you're different, you're not like other pastors' wives, and I'm like, that's because I'm present with PC no matter what anybody says to me. No matter how they've tried to push me out or, you know, it's happened. Like I said, it's one out of hundreds, thousands, I don't know. It's only one. It's only every one. Perspective. Context. So, uh, <clears throat> and, and I'm, you know, I grew up in ministry, so it's just different. So, like, when, when you're in the back room in a, at a meeting, and <laughs> I'm like seven, eight, nine, ten, and you'd play uh, <clears throat> pretender, or, you know, fake or bingo or whatever. It's a, it's a ministry game. <laughs> and you're in the back room with all the ministers and pastors, and you're like, real, real, fake, fake, pretender, pretender, real, real, real. Like, as a kid, you learn to recognize it real quick. Like, you just do. Sorry, you know, kids are really observant. And, and you know, we, we would be quiet. We were taught to be obedient and be quiet and... Yeah, you know, when you grow up in, as a kid and you go into the back room because your dad's the evangelist. <laughs> and the lady serving the food is like, what are you doing in here? You know, I get it. If I'm some strange kid, uh, but there's a way to say it like, hey, sweetie, what are you doing in here? Does your mommy know you're here? You know, there's a way to deliver it. What are you doing in here? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mm, 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 mm. you know, you're just a kid. And, and you're like, uh, my dad is the, you know, the guy, the, the one. And oh, oh, what would you like? Oh, come with me. Can I get you this? Would you like that? Would you like this? And, you know, I just grew up with a hatred of fake. And it's true. I, I, we have to come to know Christ's love in a real way. And, hey, you know, be be patient with each other because there's other people that have not yet had the agape love of God shattered brought in their hearts. And they don't know how to love. But you're going to come alongside them and you're just going to love the hell right out of them. And the religion right out of them. You know? And you're going to disarm them. I mean, I know, like, going through life as a, as a pastor's wife, like, I thought it was bad as a pastor's kid. People come up to you and say the weirdest things in the world. And granted, some of them just, you know, <laughs> somehow they escaped from the loony bin. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I believe in the power of God, but I think you need medication. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Especially as a child. Jeez, lady, I'm only 10. <laughs> God, cut me a break. Um, <laughs> They come up to you, they're like, which, and I didn't mind this part, let me be fair. Oh, oh, can you please tell your dad how much I love, oh, this ministry is wonderful. And you're like, oh, yes, that's great. And, you know, I really loved people from, from young, so it's cool. Um, 
But then she'd always say, um, please tell your father to pray for me or my son or my husband or whatever. It was always like this happened a lot. And I didn't mind, but I was 10. Guys, I did not remember. <laughs> my dad would send me to get his wallet and he'd be like, it's on the left-hand side, da, 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 da. And I'd be like walking to the room and halfway there, I'm like, what am I going to get? <laughs> and I'd run back. So, but watch this. God taught me something in this. I'm sitting on the front row, and I'd be in the church, and I'm just watching my dad, and uh, listening, and and I see him walking around, and then he's walking around a little more than usual, and he just like, he's walking down the aisle, and I'll turn, and I'll look, and I see the person that asked me to pray, and I'm like, oh, I forgot, and and he'll walk like, just right to them, and he'll pull them out, and he'll pray for them. And then later, the people would come to me, oh, thank you for telling your dad to pray for me. And I'm like, oh, funny story. Because <laughs> it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, no, I didn't get a chance to tell him, really, I didn't remember, to tell him. And, um, but the Holy Spirit did. So this is why it's important as ministers of the gospel, and you guys are all ministers of the gospel. As a five-fold ministry, I wouldn't recommend. Very bad. Don't recommend. <laughs> Unless you've heard an audible voice from God, I don't recommend you take a position in the five-fold ministry. It's <clears throat> for, for your heart and your love for the Lord, you know. I mean, but if you hear from God, then, then by all means do it, and then I'll, you know, I'll help you as much as I can. Um, but... What we're supposed to do as fivefold is for the empowering and equipping of you. So we come, that's why we won't sacrifice the presence of God for anything or anyone. Because you have to feel the presence of God. Because there's somebody at the back that I've never met that I don't know, but you feel the presence of God and suddenly the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your life. Are we Christians? Do we believe in the unseen realm? Do we believe in the God that created heavens and earth and everything? I do. If he created you, he can reach you. He can touch your heart. I simply have to reflect his heart to you. Whether you take it or not is not up to me. It's up to you. Free will. So we've got to shift our perspective. I know like when we first took the church, it was so hard because especially after like we're, we're running and gunning and, um, and traveling evangelists, God got us to a certain point and we were doing really well. We had a salary, we had our own base. Uh, we were hiring part-time staff. We were increasing in our faith and our ability to believe God. And then God brought us to the church and it felt like, because when we took it over, it had 20 people. It's a far cry from what it is today. So whenever somebody gets up and goes, oh, this is a little church, I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> this church is huge. You're not here for two services. You don't know how many people come up and talk to me. It's enormous. It couldn't be any more gigantic. And our reach is, our reach is enormous, you know. So thank you, Jesus. But <clears throat> when you start with 20 people, you're like, really? Nope. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's grown, it's growing, it's busting at the seams, and it's overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. So <clears throat> we're excited about Revival Weekend because you come and get poured into Friday, Saturday, 
and Sunday. And there's something about being here, all those services that you just feel a rapid acceleration in your life because of the presence of God. Not because Pastor Caleb is an amazing preacher, which he is. He's very gifted. So like the one Sunday when he was up here and he was like getting really wrecked by the Holy Ghost and he was blubbering. That's rare. And you, like any, anybody who's been in here knows that. That's rare and you know he's being touched by God. But, you know, strangers, they don't know that. So, you know, they get upset. It's fine. But like back to the you belong here. I remember like, no, 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 no. You belong here if, first of all, all you have to have is a hunger for more. And some people walk in the building and they're starving. They're emaciated. I remember when we were traveling on the road and people would tell us, America is just, eh, America is just, these are other ministers. They're like, yeah, America, I'd rather be overseas, America. But God broke our heart for America. We're like, the reason why America is in the shape that it's in is because we're running around with a bunch of anorexic Christians who can barely keep a bite down. They're not hungry. They're like, they're just not hungry and thirsty. They're starving. So, so you have to find them and you have to put them in, on an IV drip and you have to feed them baby food before you can ever even get them up to, to eating a normal meal. Forget about a steak. That's too much for them. And so the presence of God is the only equalizing factor that can reach you. It's the only thing that can reach you if you've never met him before, if you just met him, if you've been saved for 40 years, it's the only thing. So I would never try to do it in my own strength. That is madness. That is pure insanity. We would meet precious pastors. Precious. Oh my gosh. So so sweet. You want to pick them up and take them home with you. Like, just fall in love with everybody everywhere you go. And they're so nice, but I remember taking notes. Like, God, why is their church never grown? And they've been here for so many yada yada years. And he's like, because they're trying to do everything in their own strength. They've never developed a serve team, a helps team. The only way we can grow is to multiply. So, and the only way that you can really get plugged in, like people want to hang out with us. I'm like, okay, cool. You're coming to like do something with the church, like some event or something. Like when you serve with me, I know you. I know your name. When you serve with me, I know you. I don't really have time for hanging out outside of that. That's dedicated to my husband and my children and my parents. And my parents always want to see us, you know. You know, that's dedicated to them. But I love being with you guys here. And then, then the other thing is people go to conferences on a Friday, Saturday. They're like, well, I had church. But what about bringing your beautiful anointed face into the place so that you can be the eyes and the hands and the feet of Jesus extended to somebody else that comes in on Sunday? Shift your perspective. You're like, oh. I'm full. I can't eat another bite. Well, maybe it's time for you to pour out now. Maybe it's time for you to serve. So, 
guys, serving is so joyful. And it's funny when you're a mom or you're used to being a server, so it doesn't matter. You're just like, I'm with the team, and I'm like, oh, here, you know, and I'm like doing the things. And, and I lay, oh, you're such a mom. And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. I own it, okay. <laughs> it's just in you. You can't help it. So we all, all of us pastors have great joy in serving you because whether we serve a man or woman of God, okay, if you give a cup of water to a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. So I'm not dumb. Some people are like, I don't get to where I got to because I clean cars or I carry bags. Um, and, and I know where they're coming from because of what they went through because I know their backstory. But I'm like, okay, yep, get it. But when my dad's there, I'm like, hey, let me carry your backpack. Do you want some water? Can I give you a coffee? You know, like whenever we have a special guest, we treat them really well because we want that reward in our lives and in our church. We honor them, right? Okay, but now but the Jesus also said, that these are both Bible. If you give a, if you take care of the least of these, then you've taken care of me. So the people that walk in that nobody else wants, if you take care of them, and then God can turn them around. You know, if they're willing to participate in the process. Unfortunately, that's always a, that's always a caveat. Breaks your heart. Like when they're not willing to participate in the process of, of changing it. It's not hard. Um, so anyway, so we look after whether they're a baby or a toddler or a 3 to 5s or a 6 to 12s or they're 112. We look after them, span the age spectrum. We look after them and we serve them as if we were serving Jesus. We serve them as we're serving the Lord. And so, I mean, I am so grateful that, that the heart of love and the heart of worship is all throughout this church. And that it's been replicated in so many of you that it's like when the praise and worship team is up there, it's like we have a choir out here. And because you're pressing in to worship and you're pulling from heaven and you're pressing in during the message and you're pulling from heaven, gold comes out. Like the, the, like, you know, just precious anointing of the Lord just comes out. Even as we're preaching, when people are pulling on the anointing, you're going to get it from heaven. You're going to get it from Jesus. You're going to get it from the Holy Spirit. So, we've just got to shift perspective. Shift our eyes to Jesus always. Always, always, always. My parents always pointed to Jesus. And then my mom was saying at the women's conference, she always said, she said, don't solve your children's problem, problems. You come alongside them, give them the tools to do it. And it's the same when you're a pastor. We've tried to solve people's problems. And in the end, you know, I mean, do you like a minister to the homeless and... You know, in the end, if they won't participate and we're trying to solve all their problems, at the end of the day, they'll end up just the same. And, and it crushes us. You know, we've cried about that. Because we live for your revelation of Jesus, which causes a revolution in your life. 
So we're on the road in, in California. Don't worry, guys, they're coming back. <laughs> we love it, you know, it's fun. Visit the desert, take all the beautiful photos. <laughs> Go back to Florida, it's so dry. <laughs> like later, literally, I was like, what is happening to me? I'm turning into a lizard. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like drying out. I need like a gallon, two gallons of water. If you need a gallon in Florida, you need two there. My throat, I would wake up at night and I'm like, oh, the sand. It felt like sand was in my throat. I'm like, where's Florida? <laughs> and then, and then, like, when we're worshiping and everybody's so precious and half the, the congregation is joining in, but, but the other half think that they're at a concert. And, you know, we're just not used to that. And so they're, like, clapping in between every song and you're like, Okay, well, you know, thank you for letting us know it sounds good um, be, because we weren't sure. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> and then they came up, like, the, you know, the people really pressing in. Oh, my gosh, you're hard for worship. And, 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 thank you for coming. And we're like, oh, we love you. Um, and we wanted to scoop them up and take them home, too. But, but like, some people are like, oh, I love it when it's dry. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. Going back to Florida, <laughs> I'm not going to turn it into a hot, wrinkled mess in two seconds. So it's like, okay. It's like sucking all the moisture out my body, okay? I really like the humidity. I'm grateful to God, okay? You guys think I'm crazy, but go to the desert, all right? So we're driving in the car. It was just nonstop banter with these guys and the team. And... um I was like sitting in the front and I was like, hey guys, it, it, and it sounds like an auto joke, but it hit, it hit really hard. And um, I'm like, guess what? The Lord brought rivers to the desert. <laughs> Basically what Otto did. Like, and, and it's true, you know, where the river, if you, if you call... You know, I mean, this church was called a river before. It's a long story, but they weren't associated. And if you call yourself the river, the water better be flowing. So that's, I mean, the, the river of God. There's everything in the river of God. The love of God, the peace of God, cleansing and washing you from everything. You know, out there, the world is getting very dark. Very dark, darker and darker. The tormenting spirits seem to be running loose. People are calling evil good and good evil. And they're loving it. And I said in the first service, heathen gonna heath, you know. Sinners gonna sin. It, you know, why are we shocked when the world is worldly? I'm, I'm shocked when people who call themselves Christians are worldly. You know, I'm shocked by that. But then I also realize that everything that they're filling themselves up with is everything in the world. The only thing that they've actually taken in for, for the diet that they're living on is rated R movies and secular music, which carries a spirit. I can't even, I'm too sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God to really listen to secular music. I mean, you know. You hear it in the restaurant, you hear it in the mall. So, and because I'm a musician, I'll catch, in terms of singing, I'll catch it really fast. And you know, the world's music is catchy because Lucifer used to be the worship leader in heaven. Some people debate that, but come on. It makes good tunes. So, um, 
But anyways, we should, the creator of the universe, we should have the best music. And it should have the spirit of God on it. And that's my whole, you know, purpose is that the spirit of God is conveyed in the worship. Not a lot of pastors put a lot of, um, what, what do you call it? A lot of, a lot of light, a lot of requirements from worship. They treat worship like a placeholder until they preach. They never come out. They never engage. It's a placeholder. And I'm like, okay, never mind. Are you, are you even like worshiping at home? Because like I do that. You know, I, that's not my business. But it's just sad. And I get it. It's because most worship leaders get up there and they're singers. They're not bringers. Okay? You can be trained to sing. You can get up there. <sighs> yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. <gasps> yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I don't believe it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Like, right? Now you've gone from a singer to a bringer, even though before all, you hit all the technical boxes, but you didn't inform your face that you love the Lord, and you're standing there like a statue. I don't know why I move so much in praise and worship. <laughs> Maybe it's like that song says, that Joy sings. When I move my body, when I move my feet, when I open my mouth, then the darkness flees. Nobody can do it like Joy. She's open up like... Like, and I'm singing that like a prayer over you guys so that one day, I remember Melissa, she's on the camera back there, but she came to us like, oh, two months after we took over. She was like, oh my gosh, Pastor Kirsten, like two people in the whole place raised their hands. I'm like, well, you know, for worship. I'm like, well, that's sad, you know, they don't know. And one of them was Pastor Caleb, and the other one was somebody else besides Mel. I guess you were the third, Mel. So where we've come from, like when we're up here blubbering with gratitude for the Lord, there's a reason for what the Lord has done. Because only he, he could do it. And so like you want to infuse people with your passion for Jesus, but they have to catch it. <laughs> I can only preach to you how much Jesus loves you so much before you catch it. So, anyways, I saw, I was saying earlier in the, in the first service, I, I never usually address, you know, stuff that's going on in the world, but this is just too fun, so I had to do it. Because I think, you know, we get enough, we get bombarded with the world, but again, shift perspective. So, Luke 10, 18 Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the, uh, the, what's going on, the sky rapper, whatever. He's got, um, he created 
Satan shoes in conjunction with Nike. Now, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and, like, go burn all your Nike shoes, okay? We don't know. Heathen going to heath. That's all I can say. It just, it just is. It doesn't mean that your shoes are now cursed. All right. Um, so then these shoes are like 666 shoes, and they've got like, it said human blood, but it's like 60 cc's of red ink and one drop of human blood. And is it, isn't it amazing how that um, we're Christians and the blood of Jesus is sacred to us? And that, that the color red is sacred to us. And then the devil takes everything and he perverts it. So all he can do is pervert. He's not a creator. He's a creation, and all he can do is pervert. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All things belong to him. All things originate from him. All things go back to him. Sin is horrific, and sin entered into the world through Lucifer, and all it is is disobedience and perversion. So they put, just like Lucifer in the garden, twisting scripture, they put scripture on these Satan shoes right next to the pentagram and with the human blood. So, you know, heresy. You can put it back up. <laughs> um, Luke 10. Jesus replied, this is the, the first one is what they put on it. While you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly like from heaven, like lightning to the ground. But I don't think they put this part. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. I want us to make our own shoes, 777 of them, put oil on the one side, put holy water on the other. These are my devil stomping shoes. Yes. And, you know, we could probably do it. I know. There's connections. I'm going to call Anka. We're going to reach India. We're going to do it. It's going to be fun. Just because. It's going to be awesome. But seriously, any shoes that I put on, he is under my feet. You. You, you will trample upon every demon before you overcome, and ev before you overcome, wow, mm. and every power Satan possesses, you're going to overcome every power Satan possesses. You, you, not me, not Pastor Caleb, you, you. <laughs> Woo! Okay. This sentence alone, break the fear off your life. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Say it with me. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm me as I walk in this authority. And you're talking to the girl who at 16 years old went into the projects. The police in Tampa would not go into the projects armed to the teeth in the daytime. You think we're crazy. Our crazy came from somewhere. Yeah, I am. I own it. Walk in it. They're going to think you're weird. So what? They're just a clone. And it's sad. I cry for them later when I have time, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, what 16-year-old? I'm a little church girl. 
What am I doing in the projects? What am I doing going up to somebody? I'm pretty sure they just did a drug deal, but I don't know because I've never done drugs a day in my life. What am I doing there? And I felt the spirit of God and I felt the angelic host of heaven surrounding me. You can't touch this. I lived in South Africa for a year and a half. The prayers of my parents protected me. What is a little 20-year-old girl running around Johannesburg, the most dangerous city in the world at that time, alone? I never got robbed. Nobody even breathed in my direction because I walk. And I know right now I'm surrounded by 12-foot angels. Right now they have flaming swords of fire. Right now, the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me. And I never feared, not for one second. I'm like, Lord, you led me here. You'll protect me. You'll keep me. When, we, when you're walking in your purpose that God has called you to, whatever that is. Are you a teacher? Did he call you to be a teacher? Did he call you to minister to the next generation? Did he call you to love the hell right out of them? Did he call you to go in like a ninja and reach the lost? Those kids will look at you as their teacher and be like, there's something different. I don't know what's up with Mrs. Rosa, but there's something different. And they come to you later, Mrs. Rosa, what is it? You're different. Why are you so nice? Why are you so loving? They need you. Everybody in your sphere needs you. They need you to love on them. They need your influence. You reach people that I don't reach. You reach people that PC doesn't reach. You have a circle that we can't touch. So we have to get you filled up with the love of God. We have to let you know what your authority is. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but your, that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is your true source of authority. This is your true source. Guys, you don't have to know the name of every demon. You know the name above every name, and you don't, you don't have to study a book this thick to be like, well, I believe that that's the spirit of blah, blah, blah. No. I don't need to memorize those demons. In the name of Jesus, come out. I bind you, you foul spirit of hell. You will not have this person. You will not take them to hell. They're going to be free in Jesus' name. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy. Wait, what? Anointing of joy? All those religious people say the joy's of the devil. Wait, the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy? You'll draw forth out of the wells of salvation with joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. At famine and destruction, you shall laugh. And our church blesses me because you're so blessed. It's hard to find one of you that has a need. Hallelujah. 
And because of that, because you're blessed, because you walk in overflowing blessing, because you're just so grateful to God that there's a miracle on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because you're so blessed, we're able to pour out, outside. You come to church on the streets and you love on people. Whew. We multiply. We multiply this love to the community. We multiplied this love to Coachella. Our people are different. They're different. I, you know, when I was 17, it's not like this is... When I was 17, everybody's like, you're just so happy. You're just so approachable. You're just so joyful. I'm like, oh, good. You know, I'm glad. <laughs> I work hard on this. You know. And there's times in life where it comes to crush you. You know, like just one person perspective. Just one person is like, you, you got to change this and do this. And it feels like they're just trying to rip you apart. And you know, thank God for the message of you're unique. You're unique. I don't care if you're zero or 100. You're unique and you're so special and you're so precious to Jesus. And he loves you so much. And when the agape love of God is flowing through us in this church and we look at you, all we see is beautiful. All we see is the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and everyone. Father, thank you for your Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud. Those wise in their own eyes. And you have shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart. And the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom. To give to those who become like trusting children. Not childish, childlike. Faith like a child. Father, you have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully knows the Son except the Father, and no one fully knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to introduce and reveal to the, the Father to anyone he chooses. And when Jesus was alone with the twelve, he said to them, you are very privileged to see and hear all these things. Lord, open their eyes right now in the Spirit, open their ears. Many kings and prophets of old longed to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. Yet they didn't get to see as much as a glimpse or hear even a whisper. Just then, a religious scholar, oh great, here he is, <laughs> stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. He posed this question. Teacher... What requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? And Jesus replied, what does Moses teach us? What do you read in the law? The religious scholar answered, it states you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. Jesus said, that is correct. Now go and do exactly that and you will live. Shift perspective. There's, when you think about it, 
There's only one person irritating you at any given time. There's hundreds who love you. You know what I mean? So you got to shift your perspective. But the love of Jesus, you got. I just want everybody to grab a hold of it, you know, like we've grabbed a hold of it. But my goodness, I was with Ilay, and I'm like, girl, stop crying. I'm a sympathetic crier. <laughs> We're on the plane, and Otto, look, she, I'm on the, I was sitting next to her on the last flight to California. And she's talking about the goodness of God. I'm like, bye. Oh, my God. So Otto looks, he's on the end, and he's like, PK, are you crying? I'm like, yes, Otto, I'm a sympathetic crier. I'm also a sympathetic vomiter, so please don't start puking. I'll be joining you in a second. Uh, it was just too much. It was much too much. But it's so precious. Like, if you could, uh, really, it's helped me. That's why we're the body of Christ. I'm not the body of Christ with just, like, the toe is not the whole body, okay? My toe is not me. Um, but together, all the parts work together for good, you know? Um, and so, I, like, I remember going through some really hard times when, when there were some really mean people. And you're like, my God, I'm so you know, and they're just like lambasting you and, you know, you come to find out that they just are miserable in their life. Let's be real. They're only trying to make you miserable because they're miserable and they don't understand why you're so happy. And so, and so just having people like I lay around and so many of you are that in my life. I mean, anybody I know really in this church just overflowing with the love of God. Um, but she, you know, come on guys, I lay just like extra. She's over the top. Like, I, my whole team just blesses me, but everybody knows. Everybody who's ever met Ila knows. Like, she's going to have you crying about the goodness of God. Like, it's just happening. Hopefully, me and PC will have you laughing to, you know, balance it out. <laughs> but, but uh, so, you know, when you're going through those really hard times where people are coming after you, and you're just, like, encounter this person who's just really soft, and it softens you. Because this person on the other side is just so hard. And, you know, eventually you come to see them, how Jesus sees them, and you realize that they're just really just kind of miserable. And whether they know it or not, they're jealous of the presence of God that you carry. And are, they, they want you to change everything about yourself. But there's no reason why you have to live in your weaknesses. Why? This is why God created the body of Christ so that if I have weaknesses, God's brought somebody else along who's really strong and we complement each other and we work as a team and as a team we've gotten more accomplished than PC or I could have ever done individually. That's the beauty of the church. So... What I wanted to say with all of this, see Jesus, shift perspective. I was saying it in the first service how we, it was so hard for us when we first took this church. There was so much stuff going wrong and I, I'm not going to give glory to it. But at the time I was because it was, it was so much. It was really too much. Like when I tell people, they look at me like I'm insane because they're like, there's no ways. I'm like, no, no, there's a way. Steve can testify. 
Like, there's a way, guys. I, I would have never thought of it. It's too dramatic. But it really prepped us because then every, you know, thing, every obstacle you face after that, you're like, okay, yeah, we can handle it. So, you know, the, the, you feel like you're partaking in the sufferings of Christ at various times, which is biblical. But there's such sweetness, there's such sweet release after that time of trying is over. And so, um, PC, back then, like, he's really grown a lot. He's super, like, kind to me now when he's like, hey, babe, maybe you should do it like this. And I'm like, oh, message received. Oh, that's wonderful. Like, you can receive it right away, right? But back in the day, he was like, oh, come on, babe. Like, really, really? Are you just going to give more credit to the devil than you're going to give to God? Are you just going to glorify the devil in your life? Yeah, I'm here. I know what the devil's doing. But we've got to elevate God above every situation. We've got to elevate Jesus above every situation. And I'm like, gosh, man, that's just, it was hard for me to take. So it took a while to process. We're really good for each other. We preach to each other. <laughs> when I'm up and he's down, I'm preaching to him. And when he's up and I'm down, he's preaching to me. And I remember when we first got together and we were like, why are we never on the same page? And then later you're like, oh, if we were both down together, who would be pulling us out of it? I don't know. It's a blessing. You should look at your spouse and be like, I thank you. You're the opposite of me, and it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you're the lead to my balloon, but I love it. It's the best way. I mean, that way I'm not flying into outer space. You know what I mean? You know? So, I wanted to do this illustration about shifting perspective. And for a lot of people, this is all anybody's ever going to get out of the service, but whatever. At least you'll remember <laughs> It's just true. It's the facts. Just the facts. No, just kidding. <laughs> They'll go back and watch it later. Okay, so the camera's going to, like, not love me for this, but it's okay. Um, so what I, what I want you to do is I'm going to start, and then just lower the lights slowly and make sure you bring the stage lights down, too. So the darkness is increasing all around us, true? It's getting darker and darker and darker. It's getting very dark. It's getting deep darkness. The light shines brightly in the darkness. The light actually shines brightest in the darkness. Turn the lights all the way off, guys, in the house. There you go. Now raise up your flashlights. So it's fine if I'm the only one shining. You can still see me because it's dark and the light shines brightly in the darkness. But if we're all shining the light for all to see, suddenly now the world is like, what's going on there? So the reason why we have the presence of God is because we have to replicate this. PC and I can't just stand here alone shining our little light. We need you. We need you. Activate in the love of God. Activate in being the light. And I'm going to end the service with this. And make sure you stay to, like, celebrate the car that we're going to give away because that's still happening. Woohoo! So... I'm on the plane coming home, and I tried to actually book a later flight because I wanted to stay one more day, try to see the desert, but didn't get to. Lewis was working so hard to rewire the entire church um, for us and for the church and label everything. It took like two days, so 
but he really sowed, you know. I kind of wanted to be like, whatever, let's just go to the desert. I'm only here one day. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, Lord. Story of my life. Airport, hotel, church, restaurant, church, airport again, bye. You know, everybody's like, you saw the world? I'm like, from the plane. <laughs> so I was so irritated when my dad became a pastor because we used to at least be able to go somewhere on like Saturday, you know. And then when he became a pastor, we had to hustle home faster than you could say Bob's your uncle. So I was 14. It was, it was okay. I got over it. <laughs> Don't cater to your kids, folks. Don't. Like, just keep them in, keep them in the church. They'll get over it. Um, so anyway, so this lady comes down, sits down next to me. She's, she's Puerto Rican, so we start talking, my people. I was born in South Africa, so I, I like, if any, anybody want to know what we're like, most closely like Puerto Ricans, or any kind of Latin Americans, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, that's why you're, okay, got it. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so she's like, oh, I hate this mask, and she lives on the coast. I'm like, yeah, you're my people. And um, so then uh, there's the, this young guy coming, walking down, I don't know, 22, whatever. He runs a production company. He sits down next to me, and I had every intention of just f finishing the movie I'd started from the other plane. And I started talking to him. He hates the mask, too. Yeah. We know 95% of viral transmission comes through your hands, so the mask is not working like you think it is, but it's okay. okay. So, um, you know, each, to each one their own, I guess. And so, um, but it was really fun. And uh, so I'm talking to him, and then he was very open. He was very open. And I've been so fired up since, like, Saturday, Sunday, when Pastor Caleb preached. I'm like, ooh, we need to just go up one level. We went up five levels. Whoa, glory. You know, like, and he's always been a great preacher, so it's, it's just crazy. Like, I didn't think there was another greater level, but there is. So praise you, Jesus. And so I've been, like, my whole body has been like this since, like, Saturday last week. So it wasn't just going to Coachella and being in those meetings, you know. Um, we took it from here to there, I believe. <laughs> and um, so then I'm sitting on the plane with him, and I'm ministering to an audience of one, and I'm sharing the love of God. And he doesn't know it. He thinks we're just having a conversation. But he's pulling. He's open. He's a sponge. And he's just absorbing everything I say. And I'm telling him about how much God loves him and how much God loves people and I gave him a lot. It was three hours, guys. Like, I walked him through, like, a lot of doctrine. Like, teaching him how to read the word. I'm like, so you read it like a love letter. You're going to find him in Genesis, Exodus, all the way through Revelation. Even the Old Testament has his love, mercy, and grace. And, um, and some stories are like Jonah. He ran from God. He ended up in the belly of the whale. Don't be like Jonah. It's a cautionary tale, folks. Like the, the worldly people that are like, um, the Bible is contradictory. I'm like, no. You're out of context. You have the wrong perspective. You have to read it how it was written. Who is it talking to? What is it saying? Well, there was, 
blah, 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 whatever they bring up. And you're like, yeah, did you even read, realize what was happening at the time? Keep it in context. Shift perspective. So, you know, people, they're just giving you rubbish excuses. So anyway, so Christian's telling me about his mom and his mom, um, I'm ending with this story, so please stay. Uh, Christian's telling me about his mom, they grew up in the Catholic church and his mom divorced his dad when he was one. And so she couldn't partake in the communion because she was divorced. And that broke his little child heart, but he was still very open and receptive. So then I started to go into explaining the difference between ritual and religion and relationship. I said, you can read about me all, the, all you want, but until you've met me face to face, until you've known me, until you've heard my voice, until you felt my hug, you don't know me. That's why theology is so damaging because it's the study of God without the encounter of him. It's not just the letter of the law, but it's the spirit in which it was written. If you read it like his love letter to you, suddenly it's so different. Suddenly you're melted in his presence and he only has good things for you. So we get to the part where I'm like, and the only thing you need to do to be saved is to say this with your lips and confess it with, you know, say, confess it with your lips and, and believe it in your heart. And he's like, oh, but, you know, I, I said, it's just, a, it's just a basic prayer, simple. And he's like, oh, but isn't that ritual? And he got hung up on it. And everything else was so open, so I knew this was a demon spirit of hell trying to keep him from his encounter. So I, I just stopped and realized what was happening and I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, say this after me. Jesus, come into my heart. You died on the cross, you rose again and you're coming back for me. And I'm gonna spend eternity with you in heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. And he repeated it after me and his heart was wide open. And at the end he goes, but it's just a prayer. And I said, mm -hmm, yeah, it's the first step on the road to salvation because the way is narrow. The path that the sinners are on is wide. But then when I walk away from people that I lead to the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I just, Jesus, thank you, Father, for Christian. I place him in your hands. Thank you, Lord, that one day when I reach heaven, Christian's going to come up to me. He's going to be my portion and my reward. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you assign people to him just like you assigned me to him to lead him in the prayer and to teach him about God and to share the love. Lord, assign loving, wonderful Christians full of you to take him down the road, to walk hand in hand in Jesus' mighty name, amen. And I do that after I pray. And the discipleship thing where people are like, oh, but what about discipleship? I'm like, you know what? Some to plant, some to sow, some to water, some to reap a harvest. I'm doing my part and I'm praying for the rest. I'm putting them in God's hands. 
my heart, my heart and everything was just broken for this guy. When you see the love of Jesus that he has for you, and then you see the love of Jesus that he has for other people, you just can't help it. You just can't. And he didn't think I was crazy. I was a lot softer. Again, you're ministering to one. You tone it down. <laughs> and I'm in a plane. You can't yell. But they must see Jesus in your eyes. They must feel Jesus in your touch. You must carry Jesus with you everywhere you go. And honestly, more than God gives us financial blessings, but it's simply an equipping. It's a tool to get the job done. I don't worship a hammer because it can tap in a nail. It's just a tool. It's very useful for the purpose that it's applied. God blesses us financially when, we're, when we work for him and we, we give our lives to him. It was a squeezing at first. Trust me, we didn't take a salary. Um, first you squeeze and then the blessing comes later. So that's not it. The, the thing that always blessed us was seeing people's lives touched and changed. The reason why we became pastors was because we were traveling evangelists and we're like, look how much this one person changed in one week of meetings because they came to every meeting. Th that'll preach. They, they were in the presence of God and the word of God and their life was turned completely around. They weren't the same person that walked in the door on Sunday night. On Friday, they were totally changed. And, we, and God began to plant a seed to see other people change like that over the course of weeks and months and years. And you guys, I love hearing your testimonies. I love it. That is what fuels my fire. Your blessing blesses me. Your healing blesses me. Your falling in love with Jesus blesses me. Your learning how to worship blesses me. You're learning that if you raise your hands like lightning bolts to heaven, something happens in the spiritual realm. That blesses me. We worship him in spirit and in truth. People know us by our love. People come to the river. Doesn't matter who they are. First time visitor, special guest, and they're like, wow, your people. <laughs> Thank you, God. So we're going to blubber a little bit about it. Thank you, God. anybody in here right now you can all bow your heads close your eyes nobody looking around believers in the attitude of prayer please if there's anybody here and you've never met Jesus like that and you want to take that first step on the road that first step on the road to heaven it's a journey It's so simple. Don't get hung up on the fact that it's so simple. He made the way easy. He made the burden light. 
let's say you've already received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You were saved at one time, but now you feel so far from the love of God. Whatever it may be, people came in to harden your heart after God had already made it soft. And you want it to be made soft again. And life was not kind to you. If you want to encounter the love of the Father and the love of Jesus, I just want you to come up here and all it is is a simple prayer. The Bible says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess your name before the Father in heaven. That should eliminate all fear. Our home is in heaven. We're not of this world. One day you're gonna go somewhere when you die. When you breathe out your last breath, where are you going? Because hell's hot and it wasn't made for you. It was made for the devils and his angels. Hell is a default setting. If you don't accept Jesus and walk this path with us, then that's the portion. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody here that would, all everybody's head is bowed. Is there anybody here who would like to pray that prayer? You're either never been saved. Thank you. You've either never, never been saved or you were saved and you just want to rededicate your life to God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? You guys just stand up and come up here. It's not scary. I'm going to give you a hug, okay? And then anybody else who would also like to be included in that prayer, you can join us. Thank you, Jesus. Give God all the praise. If you guys want to pray this with us, you can. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Let me never be the same again. You died on the cross. You rose again. And you're coming back for me. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. Fill me with the fire of God. Give me a passion for the lost. Give me a boldness to share your love. In Jesus' name, amen.
you guys are going to go with Pastor Jeff if you need a Bible or anything. They just want to, you know, take care of you real quick, and then you can come back in. I'll wait for you if you want to see us give away the car. Um, go with Pastor Jeff right now. Thank you. Oh, praise you, Jesus. I'm sorry, like salvation calls can be messed up. I didn't even I didn't even finish what Christian said at the end of that story. We're flying, his name was Christian, by the way, you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the tapestry he's woven. So the guy the guy named Christian, at the end of the flight, he goes, I never talk to people on planes. The love of God opens the way, you guys. I never talk to people on planes, and I'm just talking to them the whole time. And he said, I don't like flying. And this is the first flight that I just never wanted to end because I don't want to stop talking to you. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, try not to cry, try not to cry, try not to cry. It was precious. PC and I laid down our life, all of our desires, every earthly thing that we had in our brain, and we laid it down for the kingdom of heaven, and it's worth it. And um, and then again, like, I mean, whatever God's called you to do, this guy's a video producer. Uh, he's, you know, he's producing rap music. It's I'm praying, you know, God's going to revolution our li his life. He's going to use his gifts, callings, talents, and abilities exactly for God's glory. Christian is not going to become a Pastor Caleb or a Pastor Christian. Christian is going to reach who Christian reaches, and that's what we desire for each and every single one of you. When Pastor Summer was, uh, you know, labor and delivery nursing full time, she, she was, everybody would come to her for counseling. All the nurses, they would all come to her for prayer. They would come to her if they had a difficult delivery and they'd be like, we need you to pray. You're, in your specialized field, God, people are going to come to you for prayer and you're going to be there. So just get filled up. You know, do what we do and say, here's my cup, Lord, fill it up, Lord, and, and overflow with the agape love of God. Because I can't love everybody in the natural. It's not possible. But there's the agape love of God. And you're like, God, I need you to infuse me with the agape love of God for this person. Especially when you're getting irritated. Especially when they're being mean. Especially when your kids are complaining and you want to launch yourself out the vehicle. <laughs> Not Taylor, can you imagine? <laughs> Not talking about you, baby. Um, so... We're just kind of waiting for them to get back in, but also, I think, no, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, there were some funny things that happened. Um, oh, oh, guys, this is a great story. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You, you have no idea. I'm delirious. I'm dizzy. I've never, I've flown all my life since I was a kid, but I've never flown on a plane for eight and a half hours. Just... Don't let everybody leave because I do want you to wait just so you can see the car. Yeah, unless you have to go to the bathroom right in front. Um, but this story is really good. It will bless your life. Um, so I'm incredibly tired. And 
I was like, Jesus, please. I didn't take a picture of where I parked my car. At the Orlando airport. It's 10.30 at night. I've been awake too long. I don't know where it is. And I get off the plane after having a glorious experience. They can come back in and sit down. Um, I get off the plane after having a glorious experience. And then I don't know where I'm parked. I'm alone in Orlando. It's 10.30 at night. My plane was delayed 45 minutes. Long story short, I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't remember. Because I get on I get on another elevator. I'm like, I know I'm in the wrong place. I get off the elevator. I go down. And I, I can't even find the elevator to the tunnel. I know I need to take that. But flip in Orlando Airport. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, okay, Father, 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 Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And he's just leading me. And you're like, I don't know where I'm going. But I feel like it's this way. And then you see the sign that says elevator to tunnels. Because there's like all these elevators. You're like, oh. Okay, first step, <laughs> go through the tunnel, get to the other elevator, and I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm like, I don't know what floor I'm on. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I get in the elevator, and I, and I see the, that number two, and I'm like, press number two. And it's like it's, it's a really tiny leading, so you have to be super sensitive, super sensitive. Number two, okay, okay, good, good, good. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You're leading me, you're leading me, you're leading me. You can't understand the inter- level of intercession, y'all. I'm like, I'm not going to be lost in Orlando for three hours. I'm tired. I want to go home. Um, so <laughs> I get up off the elevator, and I'm still like, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. He takes me down the aisle, and I know I need to turn this way. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Press the, press the alarm button, and it starts going. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> like, this was the... You guys can be led like this. You could be stuck there for three hours. I couldn't even pull up on my phone. You know, it sometimes says you are parked here on your phone. It didn't say that. <sighs> That's why I really pressed into the Lord. You know, first the technology, and then the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, you know, it fails you. So, because I was like, I'm smart. Okay. No, it's not working. So then I'm like running to my car, like, you love me. You really love me. Thank you, Jesus. And I see where I, I see a flash of like a parked against the wall and I find my car. Like this all took place in eight minutes. I'm like, hallelujah. So if you need guidance, just ask the Holy Spirit. Just start. Your kid misplaced their shoes. Just start. Ask the Lord to lead you. Learn how to be led in the little things so that he can take you and lead you in the big. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.